Formula One lands in the Far East for a three-race tour, and with only four races left this season, Kimi Raikkonen looks all but out of the championship after two disastrous races, first crashing out in Belgium, then driving poorly in a poorly handling Ferrari at Monza. Hamilton also dealt with his share of bad luck, but he managed to retain the lead in the Drivers' Championship, but only just as Felipe Massa closes the gap to just one single point. Perhaps he will be world champion. Will Kimi Raikkonen help? The next piece of the puzzle will present itself at night as the F1 circus heads to Singapore City and races under the lights for the first time in history. The tension is palpable at our headquarters. This is the F1 Show. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 38 for coverage of the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix. I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau and there's a lot of anticipation going into this race. It's the first ever night race. The driver's points are as tight as ever because McLaren's uh, appeal to the FIA came up and they came up empty handed there. Um, and all the teams have different ways of working out their schedules and making it work for a nighttime race. So there's a lot to look at here. And uh, later on we'll be talking about a little bit about American Le Mans series and uh, remembering Paul Newman. But uh, let's get right into it. Singapore proved that despite what you think, you haven't seen it all. Even though Massa dominated on Saturday with a brilliant pole position and tore off into the artificial light from the race start, he finished 13th. And no, Raikkonen didn't make his brilliant comeback this weekend. He decided to stuff it in the wall again instead. And no, Ken Regal, I will not stop hating on Nelson Piquet. He stuffed his Renault so hard in the wall that his safety car came out to cause a whole bunch of malarkey. But his teammates? Well, let's just say that Fernando Alonso wins the inaugural Singapore Grand Prix. The elated Spaniard collected 10 points for brilliantly handling his Renault car and leapfrogged the team ahead of Toyota to fourth in the Constructors' Championship. Behind Alonso, and I mean way behind, came the sweaty German of Nico Rosberg in his Williams Toyota, proving that he, like Alonso, has talent beyond his car's capabilities. That left but six points for our current championship leader, Lewis Hamilton, who once again overcame bad luck and finished third. Behind him was a host of different nameplates, led by Toyota driver Timo Glock, Sebastian the Kid Metal followed in fifth for the SDR, the lead BMW Sauber was next, piloted by Nick Heidfeld. Crash Coulthard didn't, instead driving his Red Bull Renault home seventh, with the original front wing, I might add. And Kaz Nakajima made it a good day for Williams, finishing eighth and snatching the last point in the process. Jim, what a race. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this partway through the race. Um, there's not a lot of passing on this track, which was unfortunate. It was a little bit like Valencia, where there's so many tight corners and... Uh, very few sort of hairpins at the end of straights, so a lot of it was sort of one after another. Um, it was a lot like a Valencia, yeah. actually. I, I, it was 23 corners in 3.1 miles. Yeah. Was, Valencia is, what, 25 corners in 3.3 miles or something, and it was very, very, very difficult to pass. Yeah, and uh, and then all hell broke loose. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Basically, um, with, uh, with, with Nelson Piquet... Getting himself into the wall. Nelson um, Piquet Jr. Yeah, have, I mean, a, a pretty big impact. It looks like he just got on the power a bit too early, and it all kind of got away from him. 
And uh, it wouldn't have been a big deal on most tracks, but being a street circuit with walls right there and no runoff except on certain areas, um, it just put him right into the wall and it had to be a safety car. Uh, it tore the whole rear corner off of his car. I mean, it was pretty bad, pretty bad hit. Uh, the driver was okay, though. Nelson got up and walked away. And Now, the uh, interesting okay. thing about this isn't the fact that Nelson Piquet hit the wall. That's common. Pretty much expected that to happen. <laughs> um, it's that he did so right around the first pit window. For a lot of the teams. Yeah, it was right as the first, for a, for a two-stop strategy, right as the first uh, window was opening. Which threw a whole big wrench It did. Uh, there were into a lot of people's strategies. Alonzo had just pitted. He went early. He, he wanted to get his uh, short stint out of the way with uh, super soft tires on because you've got to use some of, the, some of the harder and some of the softer tires. And at this racetrack, the harder of the two compounds was the better tire. Clearly, yeah. seems like across the board, the, the harder tire was the better, uh, better way to go. So Alonzo did a short first stint, um, and he had already pitted. Um, Mark Weber had gone into the pits as well, and uh, I believe there was one more. I don't, I don't know if it was Coulthard or one of the other guys. It was going in right as... Right as this right as this accident happened, right before the safety car came out, so there's a couple of sort of lucky dogs that got in there um, just before this crash. Um, and then, then equally, there were a couple of very unlucky dogs uh, who really, really needed the fuel. They were running dry, but the safety car had in fact came out, and that was Nico Rosberg and Mark Weber, Weber most uh, notably. It was uh, Robert Kubica. Oh, yes. was it, wasn't it Mark Weber as well? No. Okay. Okay, Robert Kubica. Yes. I'm wrong. Okay, those two had to come in right after the... Oh, no, you're absolutely right. They had to come in right after the uh, safety car came out and take a 10-second stop-and-go penalty in the pits, which is not a 10-second penalty. It's like a 40-second penalty by the time you go into the pits and out of it. Yeah, and just to to clarify on that, um, the pits are closed as soon as a safety car comes out um, to prevent a whole rush of cars coming into the pits all at once. Um, and in a sort of, you know, unorganized way. Which is an interesting segue yeah, into we'll what there, happened. Which we'll get into in just a second. <laughs> um, and so in, until a, after a couple of laps of safety car, um, if it is a, you know, going to be a long safety car, then they'll open the pits and allow drivers to refuel. Um, but a, a couple of cars, they're just, you know, they, they had their strategy worked out and they just didn't have the fuel to continue. So at some point you've got to say, you know, it's better, than, better to take a 10-second penalty than um, to run, than run to out of fuel run out entirely. Of fuel and pull off to the side and stop. So, yeah, so the two cars had to come in and stop. Um, and, and they got back underway, um, you know, much lower in the pack. Um, and then, then the pits opened up. and uh, That pretty much everyone else flooded the pits. Yeah, which is what the rule is designed to avoid, but it didn't really do didn't much. Do it, just, anything. it just delayed yeah. the, the, same, the same factor. You know, the, so we had multiple teams stacking the pits because each right. team only has one, one refueling rig going so, at a time. So that was about 14 cars coming into the pits at once, led by Felipe Massa, who up until that point, had completely owned this race. Yeah, we didn't even really mention that. He just he was pulling away from Hamilton. He and Hamilton were pulling away from the rest of the field. He had pole on Hamilton by over six tenths of a second. Yeah, he owned this track. He he was tearing off in the light. Yeah, Hamilton was keeping him honest. That's absolutely true. But even then, uh, after a few laps, and Hamilton admitted he was overusing his tires, Massa was leaving Hamilton, and Raikkonen, who had qualified third, was gaining on Hamilton and catching him up. Yeah, so Massa really had this in hand. He comes into pit. Um, everything looks all well and good until uh, he goes to pull away and the fuel rig is still stuck on his car. And actually, he in, with the, the way there's a, the lighting system that Ferrari has, as soon as it goes green, he puts the hammer down. But there's no guy with a lollipop that can put the lollipop back down on the or, driver to say, or, hey, stop. Or it's, recognize, it's that, 
recognize a multitude of things are happening and not yeah. lift the lollipop in the first place. Yeah, and there were two problems with that. The most notable was that his fuel rig was still on the car, fully attached to the car. So he, he drives off um, and, it, and it knocks over I mean, a number the, of the, guys. The, right? the, the team hadn't even jerked, even even yeah. tried to jerk it off. It's not like they tried to jerk it off and it stuck. Yeah, they it hadn't was, even it was tried. Still fully on there so something must have gone really wrong with uh, some sensor or electronics or something um but also it, it let him it, it released him into the pit uh, into the pit lane practically right into another car i think it was one of the force indias yep absolutely. Um, and almost drove him right off the road and so he's Massa is driving down the pit lane, dragging his the the fuel hose, the forty foot fuel hose. Yeah, it, and uh, and and it knocked over a bunch of the guys. Nobody was seriously injured, thankfully. Um, and Massa did stop back to, at the end of the pit lane, just before the uh, b- before the pit exit. Um, and the, and the mechanics had to run down to the end of the pit lane, which is several hundred feet. Yeah. At, well, at first they had to refuel Raikkonen's car because Kimi was was well, right and, there. Waiting. And that's the other thing. I mean, this didn't just affect Massa. Raikkonen, since he was behind Massa, was already stacked, so he was going to lose some time as it was. But Massa running over seven people and having the fuel line still attached, that slowed down Raikkonen's pit stop probably by a good 10, 15 seconds as well. Absolutely. And then Massa, I mean, because it was a yellow, was the only reason he didn't lose a lap. He had to be in there for a minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah. And he just, I think, just barely got out. Uh, by the time the, the Ferrari mechanics refueled Raikkonen, got his car back on, on underway, then they ran down the whole length of the pit lane and took even another... 15 20 seconds to pull the fuel rig off the car yeah it, it was it jammed gotten, on there pretty you know, badly pretty well tweaked from being you know uh running over people and being pulled down the pit lane uh so it was just a disaster for ferrari um the car was sitting there hot you know with engine running with no air going yeah, over it the there engine was, was running that you know, entire some, time some concern whether or not it would even work after that if uh, you know with no cooling of, of you know no air going past it to cool it it may have even blown up it it didn't i mean it, it held together but uh I mean, just a disaster. And then Massa was later penalized. I mean, first of all, he's he's dead last. He gets out gets out of the pits just before the safety car gets around, so he does get to stay on the lead lap. Um, but uh, he is penalized for being for going into the pit lane and practically crashing into someone. Um, uh, yeah, it's, for it's the an Ferrari, un- unsafe pit exit. They unsafe pit it. release, I think. Yeah, pit release. Yes. Um, which and was not his fault at all. It was neither, not neither of these fault. Were. I mean, we looked at the onboard shot, yeah. and the the light that tells Massa when to go turned green and told him to go. Right. So that is a. I think that is a failed system. Yeah. So whether someone pressed a button that said that, or whether some sensor was broken, or whatever caused it the problem, um, I, I kind of feel for Massa in this. I mean, he he was doing his job and doing a brilliant job of running away with the race. Yep. He, and all he, of a sudden, it all goes wrong, and it's not have, his fault at all. He would have taken the championship lead most likely had this not happened. I don't think he would have had any trouble keeping, uh, keeping Hamilton Bay, behind right. him, and that would have been two points over Hamilton. He would have been leading the championship by a point with three races to go. Yeah, and and you see almost every after every race weekend, so and so says, "Oh man, we had the pace to win this weekend, but if only." And it's you know maybe it's. Alonzo, or but this one—if only we didn't knock over seven yeah. of our guys and drag a fuel there, rig halfway down the pit. Uh, Massa says he had the pace to win. It's like, no kidding. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he clearly had the pace. He was—he was winning, and then it all just went horribly wrong. So, so, what ended up happening through all this is that once this was all settled, Hamilton, who was in second place before this happened, came out of his per- first pit eighth. He was the lead of the guys. Um, who had to come in and pit after the penalty, but there were a few guys. Uh, Truly was on a one-stop strategy. Ha- uh, Alonzo and Weber had come in before the the uh, accident happened. And Rosberg and Kubica were out there, but to later serve yeah. penalties. Because Rosberg they had and Kubica, they served the penalties. So, they had, so he ended up, the way it all stacked up, Hamilton was an eighth. Um, 
And uh, none other than Nico Rosberg was in the lead of the race mm-hmm. once it went green. And he shook, he took off. Yeah, he took that opportunity. And the, they, they didn't mention it on the team radio, but, I mean, they, they knew because they'd pitted under the safe, during the safety car, but before the pits were open, they were going to have to serve a penalty. But he... Uh, he does have clear track in front of him, and Rosberg did a very good job, I must say, to, to keep the car under him and, and put down some really good laps. He doesn't have traffic to worry about. Uh, he was able to go out there and do really well. And uh, and then um, then it took a few laps for the stewards to even sort through everything that had happened with the Ferrari right. event and all these things. Right. And so he was probably out there for, I don't know, maybe four or five laps before they even called him to you know, um, put the, the message up to say. And then he had three laps to honor it. Yeah. So he had, you know, maybe six, seven laps to really um, just just get a nice gap over the rest of the field. So and as a result, he gapped the he gapped the field enough that he left. He came out after his pit stop in fourth place. Yeah, he only lost three spots to that. And uh, whereas Robert Kubica, who had to do the same thing for the same reason, he had to come for the drive-through penalty, um, went in and in, in what second and came out like. 12th or something. I mean, something it was, way back. Yeah. Just, the way the traffic worked out because of the, the way you get one slower car there. Again, it's so difficult to pass in these street circuits that people stack up. Yeah. And he, he just lost he lost track position horribly from that. Yeah, and we saw time and time again uh, faster cars getting stuck behind slower cars, but just not you know, there's so few opportunities to pass um, that, and if you just get, get you know, lose momentum one time, it takes a number of corners to get back up to speed. I mean, it's just Really hard to get around, and uh, Nico Rosberg was having a heck of a time. Was he behind Yarner Truly? Because Truly is on a yep, one stop, he's absolutely. much heavier, and Nico's on a two stop. He's absolutely got to get around. And they said on his team radio, "Get around Truly, or your day is over." Yeah, and uh, eventually he did, but it took a number of laps to do so, and a pretty daring move to actually get around. Well, let's let's put it in a perspective that I think everyone who listens to our show will understand. Lewis Hamilton could not get around David Coulthard. Lap after lap yeah. after lap after lap. And the only reason he did get around him, despite a huge difference in pace, was that Coulthard tried to pass someone in front of him, couldn't make the pass, lost momentum, and Hamilton capitalized on that. But Hamilton raced, you know, car to car, individual race, he could not pass Coulthard. Yeah. So. And, I, it, which sort of says it all right there. And I, he said later on, you know, he, ha- he probably had a second a lap over Coulthard's pace. And so that's why Hamilton wasn't able to sort of get back up with the leaders. I mean, he ended up third, obviously, so did you know a fair job to to, to maintain. But um, you know, eventually Coulthard had to pull off and go into the pits, and uh, and at that point, finally, you know, Hamilton could could get going. But it was uh, yeah, definitely frustrating in, in a number of instances to just see you know traffic stacked up behind a couple of these slower cars, whether it's different strategy or whatever. And uh, that's just the nature of the street circuits. So. Yeah, um, the circuit but did look cool. I mean, the cars we have to say amazing. looked cool. Um, there's a lot of like really neat camera shots. You can see the reflections on the cars differently than we could before. You can see glowing brakes and sparks from the under, you know, and the, the exhaust, trays. the blue flame coming in the exhaust, and and the 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 colors of the cars look completely different. The 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 Ferrari red looked so much deeper and more crimson. It was it was really it's really cool, and then just the effect of the lights going across the cars and you could see through the helmet visors mm-hmm. into the eyes of the drivers and the noses too. That was quite interesting for Kubica, of course. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I have to say too, a lot of time and effort was put into making the light soft and television friendly. Yeah. And it, it showed. It, it was really, really well done. Yeah, that done. was a really expensive, very complicated system, and they, they did a great job to, to make that work. Um, but the other thing I thought was no- interesting about this whole being a night race, um, 
as I mentioned briefly, just there are, the teams are, all had different ways of, of sort of dealing with the fact that their schedule was totally different. I mean, their race was at, some, I think it was like 8 p.m. local time, um, and, you know, and they, they could be working at the track. I mean, their days may not end for the mechanics and everybody until 3 a.m., um, when normally they would go on in the evening and then go go home and go to bed. But this is like, you know, going on until 3, 4 in the morning. Um, so some of the teams were set, were very scientific about it, where they had physiologists and, and you know, dietitians and everybody working on, okay, this is going to be the best time to eat this food then and go to sleep then and take and, a nap here and, and all that. And some of them ate carrots. Yeah, and then David Coulthard said, oh, I just eat, I'm going to eat a bunch of carrots. I hear that's good for night vision, you know. I'll just, maybe that'll, <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. I tell you, I think he might have been on to something. Could have been. <laughs> Uh, but we didn't run into anybody, so maybe he this did is not what, run into having, anybody. having the edge on that vision. I think he should be like required by the FIA to wear an orange visor from this point forward. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the cataracts, you know. It's, yeah, it's you harder know. to differentiate things. Well, it is his last Singapore Grand Prix ever, so his uh, only. So there you go. Yeah. So uh, b- back to the race. Um, you know, Alonso uh, he he qualified. I think it was fifteenth, but that was not an indication of his performance. In fact, he was the fastest man in Friday afternoon practice and the fastest in Saturday morning warm-up. Yeah, well, he made it through Q3, um, and then they, they knocked out the uh, the, last, the the last five cars in Q3, and then in... Uh, Q1. Or, I'm Q1, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm thinking backwards here. Um, in, in the first qualifying session, Q1, um, but then just had a fuel issue on this car um, early on in the session uh, in Q2 and couldn't even set a, a complete lap time, so... He set a lap time of some kind. Uh, but definitely not. Time says definitely no not time. a fast one. So, I'm well, sure how he... how did he how did he start ahead of Nico Rosberg, or not Nico Rosberg, Nelson Piquet Jr. Because Nelson was knocked out in uh, the other in freaking Q one, man. Oh, okay. How is that? How is it that you can, your 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 teammate engine dies and you still can't out qualify him? You know, that's just sad. That's, I'm sorry, that's Nelson, for you. Um, <laughs> so I mean, yeah. So Alonso was way back, and and they were just and he was. Just devastated. I mean, he was saying this is this is where we had the best chance to really do well. Yeah, um, I, I, it was. They, it, they would really had huge hopes for this, and and he was just like figured it had all been thrown away. I mean, starting starting fifteenth, like what are the odds, right? Yeah, this is a less engine intensive track, much more of a aerodynamic and and mechanical grip kind of track. And, and just and, driving and the, and the, the car Renault, over the curbs and yeah, everything. Yeah, and it's also a relatively slick track, which is a little bit more like the rain, which gets the driver more and more involved. Throttle modulation, turn in. How late? How late? And much do you trail bake? Those type of things. And Alonso's really good. And that Renault car is 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 still a mechanically good car for grip and aero. It's just doesn't have a great lump, and yeah. that's a big part of it. So uh, you know, Alonso basically he had an opportunity. He got lucky with the way his uh, teammate crashed and the timing of it. But he drove brilliantly. He drove absolutely brilliantly. And in fact, he drove. He he, after some of these things, like half, about halfway through the race, and things settled out. He pulled a huge gap. Once he did actually take the lead, uh, the lead, and all the pit stops cycled through, he pulled a huge gap. Yeah, he really. I mean, I, it would have been interesting if he and Massa had started next to each other because both of them really just seemed to have a handle on this track. And whatever, whether it was some preparation and simulators and things, or whether it was just some natural ability to toss the car around over curbs and everything else. I mean, they both really did a great job of just just driving the car. Right, and and, uh, and that was of course until Felipe uh, Massa spun. Yeah. Didn't just gave the gave the wall a little love tap. He was fine, yep. but that. Upset Adrian Sutil and caused him to spin and cr- and hit the wall pretty hard. Yep, and that brought out a second safety car, 
which bunched everyone up. And all of a sudden, Alonzo went from having this huge lead to having, uh, oh, shoot, who was it? Nico Rosberg right behind him, Lewis Hamilton right behind him. Yep. And uh, and uh, Raikkonen in fifth place. And, uh, you know, looking like looking like Alonzo was going to be in big trouble. But after that second safety car, before before he even reached the start-finish line, Alonzo had already pulled a gap just from the way he handled leaving, you know, leaving after the safety car. He, he, he drove quite amazing. Yeah, Alonzo's always been good at the restarts, and, uh, and, and Hamilton has been too, but... Uh when you're first in line where you can bunch people up and you know the safety car is coming in, you, you you know, before the last corner, you slow everybody down a little bit and you just get on the throttle at just the right time, um, you really have a, a good advantage there. And, and, uh, and that is that is not an easy skill. Right. That and, is not Alonzo, an easy I mean, that, that's one of those where the experience really comes into play and whether, you know, if Vettel had been in that position, he may or may not have been able to do as well with that. You know, there's a lot to be said there. But uh, Vettel would have been a lap ahead of everybody by then. Yeah. So, so Alonzo, you know, just... just Went to, just walked away with it again, um, and I didn't think that uh, Nico would really be up to to challenge uh, Alonso. As hard as it is to pass, and as hard as of a guy of, as Alonso is to pass, you know, it seems really unlikely that, that Nico would be there. But I thought Lewis Hamilton was gonna, you know, try a bit harder to get around uh, Nico Rosberg, get a couple more points. I mean, that's that that one position is worth two points there, which yeah, well, as sure. we get down to the last uh, last sort of throws of the season here, um, could come in really handy later on. But at the same time, he doesn't. You know, Hamilton does not want to throw the car away. Absolutely not, because with with Massa out as his main rival, any points he scores just increases his, his advantage. So, the last thing Hamilton wants to do is drive off the dang road. Absolutely, um, and and Nico again, he had good pace. I mean, yeah. he, I I don't think he was quite up to Alonso's pace. You know, open track versus open track. But I mean, he had a very respectable pace. And I mean, I want to mention now. That Nico Rosberg uh, did have the fifth fastest lap of the race mm-hmm. compared to Lewis Hamilton's fourth fastest lap of the race. So uh, Nico was Nico was holding his own. So and uh, but what this brought out is Raikkonen, for his part, he was behind. Uh, I believe it was Yarno Trulli, wasn't it? I think so. And uh, Yarno Trulli, who himself was having a good race until. His engine failed or something broke on his yeah, car. Hydraulics failed on his car, which is in. But anyway, uh, Raikkonen was working really hard to get around to fourth place. He was in fifth. And <laughs> He's working really hard. He's working really hard and popped the curb and hit the wall himself. Yeah, just he, got it a little bit wrong. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, this was with, uh, with three laps to go. Uh, or four laps to go, I'm sorry. Um, it, thankfully, it did not bring out another safety car. I mean, the car was still rolling and enough where he could, uh, you know, pull it off into, into one of the sort of little offshoots, and it wasn't on track. Because so, it would have been a shame, I think, to finish the race under a safety car with right. time allotment and all that. So at least right. – um, but, I mean, that just – that just because Kimi was running in fifth. So to come back from the whole pit debacle and everything to, you know, get some some good points – um, yeah, that's not going to help Kimi's championship. I mean, he's he's so far back, but at least for the constructors and everything else, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, but then he, I mean, he just he just tries a little bit too hard, you know, gets over the curbs and and uh, just crashes it. And it was a you know just a right. It's, it and sucks. I mean, and so Ferrari really had sort of the worst of days. Oh man! It ended what forty six consecutive race uh, points scoring races for for Ferrari. I mean, it was huge. The best I can gather is that. Murphy agreed with uh, Hamilton's side of the camp on the uh, uh, the you know overtaking advantage uh, penalty as well, and Murphy's law 
kicked in on Ferrari, and just paybacks of paybacks of pain. And I, you know, I, I give credit for to Raikkonen for trying hard, and he was visibly upset after the accident, and he knew that this was really and truly do or die. He is now 27 points behind Alonso with three races to go. I mean, he literally, literally to win the championship, he has to win two out of the three races and get second in the third race or better. And Lewis Hamilton can't score a single point, not to mention Felipe Massa and Robert Kubica also not, not basically scoring any points. Um, the, the, the chance of Raikkonen winning this championship is, is well, done. It's yeah, there's over. an article on Autosport here that says, you know, Reckoning conceals that his title hopes are gone. Um, the other the other effect that um, that this had, though, with Ferrari scoring zero points and McLaren doing well um, for third, was that now, finally, for the first time since the second race of the season in Bahrain, uh, McLaren is back in front of Ferrari in the Constructors' Championship. Right. And that's not... By one point. That's not as glamorous of a championship, but it's very important to the teams and to the sponsors and everything else. But... So... Uh, I think I think Raikkonen's role now with uh, for the rest of the season is score some good points and try to keep the Ferrari constructors championship, um, you know, get them because that's obviously still wide open, one yeah. point to go. Um, one and point so is the them. drivers' championship. I mean, Felipe Massa could absolutely still come back. Uh, and, absolutely, and, yeah. And, Raikkonen, and, no. I mean, it's really right, but Massa still has a legitimate shot at this title. Absolutely, it's, I, but I think it's pretty much becoming a a two uh, two horse race here. But I, I, I want to contend with what you're saying just a little bit here. I don't think McLaren had a great day. I think Hamilton had a good day, and I think Hamilton, again, proved a level of maturity uh, that not all the drivers have. But, I mean, Kovalainen was 10. Well, yeah, I guess I can't say a great day, but better than Ferrari, we'll put yeah, it that way, and that, which for them is good because it's their, if their main rivals. Um, it, it's, this is almost – I'm sure um, you know they're relieved that it's – if they're not going to win – it's best that someone other than Massa wins. You know, if if they're going to be third, then to have two guys that don't matter for the championship be ahead of them, and that's so. Is ultimately, for for you know everything that happened, it could have been better, of course. But um, you know, the fact that basically Lewis Hamilton moved forward uh, compared to Massa in the in the championship points, that's what matters. And in that way, I think it was a good day for them. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to Japan uh, next race. Yep, and uh, that's. That's could be uh, you know if if Ferrari has another bad weekend that could put Hamilton in a very 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 good place and uh, something that Jim and I are trying to start here now is uh, we're trying to experience a little bit of the culture that the different F1 races bring uh, by eating the local cuisine of the uh, uh, of the uh, race uh, Singapore apparently it's one of the two most famous dishes in Singapore is fish head curry. And fried carrot cake, so um, we're gonna get Thai food. Yeah, because <laughs> fish we're head gonna, curry. Uh, we're gonna, you know, maybe it's great. Meet them halfway on that one. But uh, we figure Thailand's not too far away. It's not Chinese or Japanese. You know, we'll we'll do those for yeah, the next races. I I love sushi myself. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. So uh, uh, I don't know if if you've got more to talk about the race here, but well, um, no. <laughs> well, I, well, I do want to mention uh, Vettel did, did a good job to uh, to get you know fifth. It just does put STR Ferrari ahead of Red Bull officially now in the, in the constructors championship. Isn't that something? So I wonder. Oh God, I almost forgot. Tenth time this year. Oh yeah, Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi fast lap. Raikkonen fastest yeah. lap. Yeah, I I can't believe I wanted to say this sixteen times by now, and I've only said it the one time. <laughs> 
Kimi Raikkonen, 10th time, fastest lap. Yeah, and I guess one other incident that uh, we didn't mention was in David Coulthard's uh, second pit stop, I believe. Um, oh, yeah, he also had he, the uh, Yeah, there was the fuel fuel rig still on the car, and we didn't get a good chance to see sort of quite how it happened, but the, the, the fuel rig was still on the car. The lollipop man, which they still have at Red Bull, um, lifted the lollipop, Coulthard starts going, and then but the, the, the guys are still attached. He knocked over a couple of people, but um, with a... With a a guy standing there with a lollipop, what you what you get with it you don't get with lights is that the guy can put the lollipop back down, which kind of smacks the driver in the head, but that's a good way to say, hey, stop, something's wrong. Yep. And, uh, which you know, he came to a stop, they got the fuel rig off, and, and Coulthard went on his way. So That one was Coulthard's fault. Yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was his way of just, you know, causing some kind of damage during the race. Right. He had to hurt somebody this race. Couldn't do it on the track. Ooh, that's mean. That's bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Oh man, so yeah, I mean it was a bit tricky in those regards, but uh, I don't know if these, if, if Coulthard is a morning person, he was very sleepy at this point, or, or yeah. what? But uh, or I, mean, I guess that was, the, I mean, the team that was the, the guy let him go with the uh, the pit board, and and that all that kind of went wrong for them. Okay, are, um, are are we done now? Well, a lot of the guys um, just up and down the pit lane, especially Mark Weber, said the the atmosphere was just very different being at night. Like, oh, sure. there's a lot. It's more of a party atmosphere. Like you're kind of going out and doing something. It's uh, hey man, you have a little fish curry, fish yeah, head curry, fish head curry. Some things start going crazy. Cake. So um, there's a lot of talk, um, and and maybe this is overblown, but a lot of talk that oh we should get some more night races on the circuit, you know, on the on the calendar. Maybe even if they're not. Um, new circuits, well, but just there, existing there was tracks talk whatever. about converting Melbourne to yep, a night race. That, that had been considered. Yeah, because that because of the time zones, it works out kind of crazy. Um, you know, that's why Singapore basically is because so they can make it prime time in the UK. Oh yeah, I mean it, this this was this was uh, live for us at the usual European start time. Yeah. So I mean the the start time of the race was the exact same. Yeah. So. I think that'd be interesting to see. I mean, it's a lot of money and a lot of investment, especially as, as F1 is trying to become more environmentally savvy and all these things. I and mean, if and if you do it all the time, it's going to lose its yeah. allure. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, it could. It, I guess because we see we, we see it on TV and it looks different on TV and that's exciting. But I guess being down at the race and as many fans, if there's hundred thousand people on down sure. there, if it feels way more exciting and more of a party atmosphere and whatever, then maybe that's worth it. And that's well, that and, maybe, and there's definitely the difference of doing it Saturday night. Yeah. And and as opposed to Sunday afternoon, and, and you know, you have your Sunday. Yeah. But I mean, I I like having my Sunday filled with Formula One. I have yeah, no that's problem a with that. Good way to spend a Sunday. So. But um, one quick mention uh, as far as the F1 going environmental and all that, like I, me- I mentioned earlier, it's the uh, American Le Mans series, which we talked about a little bit uh, last after the uh, Detroit Grand Prix a few uh, episodes ago, and uh, it's a series I I really like it. I mean, I enjoy following the series. As they I do, do we cool ha- we have a good friend that races in it. Uh, Gerardo Bonilla races the uh, Mazda yeah, the LMP2 B- car. The Go Bobo! Mazda entry, and uh, I work with some of the guys in uh, one of the top Acura teams there at Highcroft Racing. So we've got it's uh, relatively local for us, being American based. Yeah, we have the, sure. The sure. Grand Prix in Detroit. Um, they're going to use actually a very similar Kurs system, the Kinetic Energy Recovery System which is what Formula 1 will be using in the future. Um, but in this case, ALMS beats F1 to the punch, yep. So, which kind of knocks off Formula 1's sort of we're technically dominant in engineering marvels and whatever. Right. Uh, the ALMS, the prototype cars, are going to start using the Curse system, and uh, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, there are a couple teams that have, um, like, you know, Honda in the form of Acura um, is doing a really good job in ALMS right now. Um, and they're actually moving from P2 to P1, uh, the, the top-level prototype teams. Uh, so I wonder if any of the Kerr's development that goes on there is going to go to help them in F1. Yeah, it, I don't know. It may or may not. They're and it's, pretty different. It's actually interesting. Honda's actually, they're running a P1, LMP1 car, 
with uh, DeFerrin Racing, I think. Aren't they the ones that are doing it? Uh, no, it's Highcroft and Andretti Green. Okay. and But then they're going to continue to run the LMP2 car as well. And yeah. Maybe that's what DeFerrin Racing is doing. I may have that, but I think Andretti Green may be still the MP2 car. I don't know. Okay. Don't uh, either way, uh, so they're actually going to be running both prototypes. And yep. It'll be interesting to see if the uh, on the tighter tracks if the LMP2 car actually beats the LMP1 car. Absolutely. But anyway, uh, the ALMS has always taken pride in being very a techni- technologically uh, uh, progressive mm-hmm. race series, and uh, I think that this is very interesting that they beat Formula One to the punch, like you say. Yeah, well, I mean, they beat well, having because the, because the rules are so different there. I mean, they had diesels with Audi. I mean, what was that two or three years ago now? Four years? I don't yeah, know, yeah. A while the Peugeot ago, diesel. But they went well. to the R10 diesel, and they sort of said, "Hey, diesel can be good in motorsport," and they and they won it at Le Mans, and then they use the same cars in the ALMS series, um, and then you know they've got just a, sort of that's there's a lot more innova- innovation going on there. There's a lot with the different classes. Well, it's so much more diversity. It's it's pretty wild, and there's definitely something exciting about that. That's that you don't get an F1 these days, but. Obviously, we're still here talking about F1, and there's still a lot to, that goes on there, but uh, we just sort of uh, wanted to acknowledge uh, ALMS on that. Okay, now speaking of F1, yeah. I have – this This is a surprise to Jim, too. Jim didn't even know I was going to say anything about this or talk about this. Uh, uh, there was an article in Racer Magazine about who is the best driver in Formula 1 today, and they nominated five people, and uh, those five people are Fernando Alonso, mm-hmm. Lewis Hamilton – Robert Kubica, Felipe Massa, and Kimi Raikkonen. Now, uh, so interesting thing right there. There's 15 drivers all of a sudden that aren't being considered right there. And they had four different categories that they determined would to make them the best drivers. Qualifying, yep. racecraft, wet weather, and teamwork. So I want you to take a guess on who do you think Racer considers the best driver in Formula 1 today. Um... Felipe Massa. Wrong. Oh, boy. Really? Felipe Massa, in fact, was ranked the worst in racecraft. Oh, shows what I know. The worst in wet weather. He yeah, that's true. Fourth, he, they only ranked him fourth in qualifying. See, he has had so many good qualifying runs, so I'm surprised And that. he was fourth in uh, teamwork. Oh, so that was a pretty bad call on my part. So it was a really bad call on your part. Okay, Lewis Hamilton. No. That's my boy. Oh, Kimi Raikkonen? No. I'm running out of people here. How, is it Kubica or what? Robert Kubica. They think Robert Kubica is the best driver in Formula 1 today. How do they work out with the qualifying, though? I mean, obviously, he's been well, they, qualified Well, so here's times. what they say. They say, you know, that it's obviously not just how fast the car is. It's how it, well the car does. And they argue that he's the most consistent with getting the most out of the car. And then he makes the fewest mistakes, so on and so forth. Um, they list Lewis Hamilton as second. And uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton second, Alonso third, and then Raikkonen fourth, a distant fourth, and Felipe Masta a very distant fifth. Huh. And uh, I found that interesting, but the thing that bothered me about it was that um, if you're taking, if you're trying to take out the car's performance, then you have to consider Nico Rosberg. You have to consider Sebastian Vettel as well. I would think so. I yeah. think they're, I think they're real contenders. And I mean, I, I I personally agree that Massa isn't as good as this year is showing overall. Um, but I, I was fascinated by Kubica. They consider the very best Formula One, and the and the reason why uh, I'm bringing this up and talking about it is because I really want to hear what you guys think about this. 
Who do you guys think is the best Formula One driver today, and why? It's yes. a very, very good question. And to uh, to answer that question, you can email us at feedback at f one show dot com. You can go to just go right to our website f one show dot com and click on the Facebook link and uh, join the Facebook group there. We've got discussions and all things going on there. Um, you can send us a Skype voicemail. Our Skype name is just F1 Show, and there's a link on our website as well. Uh, or you can, you know, make a YouTube video and send us a link to it, and whatever. We'll, we'll play you on it in the show. It's uh, there's a lot of ways to get in touch with us. Absolutely, there's no and excuses I... there. Or uh, you know, just uh, leave a comment right on on F1Show.com to any of our, you know, the uh, podcasts come up as blog posts. Just leave a comment right there, and uh, we'll talk about it next week. I mean, there's there's uh, or two weeks from now. There's... Yeah, the next next podcast. And and actually, I, I want to correct myself. Uh, they they the they had um, Kubica as first, and Alonso, they thought, was the second-best driver. Hamilton was actually ranked third in their test. Hmm. Now, the top three were all very close, just within a couple of points to each other, and then a whole bunch of points back to Raikkonen, and then a bunch more points back to Massa. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, we had a plethora of comments this yeah. race. It was fantastic. This has been great. I mean, a- part- Apparently, you guys like the idea of us not giving you predictions, and you agree that we are retarded, because the second we say, okay, you you tell us what to pick, you guys had tons of opinions. Yeah, so we definitely appreciate the uh, the feedback. One thing we asked for was, for, like, like you mentioned, for the predictions, and uh, I don't know if you guys are just a little slow or, or what. I mean, nobody had Alonzo for the win. I, I tell you, I think that um, was pretty obvious this time around. That's yeah. who I was going to guess. Yeah. We would have been right. So, I mean, people thought... And, I mean, everyone knew Massa was going to be on pole. Well, I yeah. thought that was But then that he would knock over some people knowledge. in the pits. Yeah, I thought that was, like, pretty well documented. But <sighs> So, I mean... I mean, people thought Hamilton. They thought, you know, Hamilton. They thought, oh, actually, it looks like... And then, uh, oh, our boy Roberto from Brazil thought uh, Barrichello was going to win. It didn't quite pan out that way. Win what is the question. Yeah, I'm not exactly... I mean, he might have been Mr. Congeniality. Yeah, he's, he's a nice, nice guy. Nice he's guy. a really nice guy. To hang out and with. I love... I mean, you guys... You guys... You guys have some serious confidence in your, your clairvoyancy here. Uh, uh, Matt Addison predicting down to sixth. Yeah, uh, we, do, we don't even go that far. Well, I mean, we don't even know. Do they? We don't even do go. They, are there more than six cars I, on the field? I don't know. I, mean, I don't. I don't know here. It's kind of amazing. Um, but uh, we got some, you know, uh, some more comments as far as the, uh, the, you know, the penalty for Hamilton, whether it was fair or not, and what the deal is. And it was. And. Uh, not sure that it was. But it was okay, um, but uh, anyway, we want to say uh, you know thanks to uh, to Pedro from uh, from Belgium, and uh, yeah, we got another another uh, email from Les here. So uh, thanks thanks guys for the feedback here. Absolutely, and uh, a very very special thank you to my new favorite F1 show fan, uh, Colin. Where are you, Colin? Where's your email? Roanoke, Virginia, man. Oh, Roanoke. Oh, I don't know where his email is. Oh, jeez. I'm I'm a mess. Oh boy. I'm a mess. But uh, <laughs> so you're saying, yeah, he's a Ferrari team fan, but uh, but he thinks Massa's the man. Yeah. And uh, we'll Landon. have to see. I, I guess the the, the the proof is in the pudding. Um, if he wins the championship, then uh, we got to give him something on that. But uh, I don't know, man. Hamilton. Hamilton's my boy still. Yeah. When yeah. all said and done. First of all, Landon. And Raikkonen's still your boy, right? Raikkonen's still my boy. He's still my boy. He's had a few bad races. Uh, it's more than a few, dude. Come okay, on. he's had several bad races, but ten fastest laps, baby. <laughs> ten fastest laps. Okay, you can pick up girls with that line. All right, and I'm sure he does. And he he's but truthfully, with those fastest lap shows, he's still very very good in the car. He's just got to get himself a little bit more focused. And this season's a write off at this point. Yeah. So he's just got to hunker down and and. 
put his head down, as they say, as and they just, say, and just get you know get on with the job and take it more seriously next year. And I think he could absolutely be Formula One World Championship champion again next year. But okay, I want to say that Landon, I am ashamed and appalled that you're gonna say that Jim was right and not me, and you are no longer my favorite F1 show fan. Colin is my favorite F1 show fan because he's more awesome than you. Okay? Ooh. And I want to add that I love Roanoke, Virginia, and that uh, he, uh, I agree that Vettel is amazing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with him. I agree with him 100% of the way. You know why he's amazing? Because he's got a performance box. Oh, my God. And that's amazing because the F1 show is supported by the performance box. A super du- – I didn't have my thing up, Tim. Oh, you, man. You, 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 you got to warn me about these things. That's, that's, you, I try to catch you without the warning. That's you got to catch me because I have fish head curry on my mind and all these kind of things. But They're it's not a brought to you by GPS, lap timer, performance meter, and data logger. I just should have memorized this thing. Perfect for any car not to use at track days, autocrosses, or to simply see what your car can do. Shipping worldwide from VBOX USA. For more info and the online store, go to performancedrift.com. Colin, sell them to your friends. Absolutely. And uh, so we've got two weeks. And, well, I mean, we're really in the, in the last, you know, the last stretch of the season here. Um, it's it's really down to Massa and Hamilton. Yep. Um, we've got Japan, which last year was torrential tsunami downpour. Right. Um, and that was the, last year was the first race at this circuit in uh, Fuji since like the seventies. Okay, so it is, is is it Fuji again this year, and then back it's to Fuji this year, and I think it may go back to Suzuka next year. Okay, and then alternates back and forth. I or thought something. it was it's, Suzuka this year. And no, it's definitely Fuji now. this year. Okay, all right. Um, but uh, so yeah, that that's. You know, not that we've never raced there before, but, I mean, last year's race had very little to do with the track and was just yep. managing ridiculous rain. Yep. Uh, so you'll remember that one was the race where Hamilton had that so close but so very far spun out and got off in the dirt as he entered the pits. Yeah. Oh. Well, that, no, that was China. Oh, it was China. That was China when he lost out, and that's why we, we couldn't finish the race, and he beached it, and then he set it up for Brazil where he could only... So like yeah. I was saying, when China comes, that's when yeah, we that, can then we'll have that. that. That's what I was talking about. Uh, yeah, actually, there was just try to Try that. to pay closer attention. Sorry. So so that'll be exciting. I mean, to see... We don't really have a good a good read on uh, Ferrari versus McLaren there yet. What do you think for uh, for next next race? I don't know. I mean, because, uh, you know, Ferrari overall seemed to have the pace on McLaren. Uh, not by much. But yeah. it seemed like Raikkonen was good and close to Hamilton, and then Massa was far and away, and I think Raikkonen had good race pace. Um, but uh, if I remember, Fuji's a pretty fast place. There is that, like, you know, mile-long straight right. as the front straight. And, God, McLaren seemed awfully strong at Monza. Yep. So I'm thinking oof. McLaren. Before before you go and say it and make me sound like I'm just trying to copy you, um, <laughs> I... Uh, I feel like I feel like it's going to be Massa on pole, but then the Hamilton's going to come through with it. All right, I'm I'm not predicting. I'm going to stick with. Oh it. come What on. does Colin think? Oh. Colin, you tell me your predictions. I go with whatever Colin says. All right, so you better post on either Facebook or email. Yeah, us Colin, or we got to hear from you, and and I know you don't have Facebook. Get it. So or just uh, just reply on the F1 show forum or on the on the uh, on the blog there, and then uh, everyone can see you know how brilliant Colin is or isn't. I don't and know. then and then get Facebook. He is if he's if he's as smart as uh, as, as my. You know, Massa Hamilton prediction. Roanoke, Virginia, Jim. They grow them smart down there, don't they? I do. They do. I do. They do. Whatever. Oh All right. And I think it's time to end this episode because it's got a little out of hand here. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back in two weeks from uh, lovely Japan. Oh. Oh, wait. No, not just yet. Not yet. We, we have to uh, say a shout-out a shout out and a 
condolences to the Paul Newman family. Uh, a very famous actor and racing uh, and racing legend in my book. A huge, huge, huge um, uh, inspiration. Inspiration. There yes, you thank you. A huge inspiration to me personally. Uh, someone that just lived his life properly. He raised hundreds of millions of dollars for uh, kids uh, with with serious illnesses, and uh, and was a very 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 good race car driver. He didn't even start his racing career until he was forty five years old. He finished second in the twenty four hours of Le Mans. Yeah, he was in the movie winning. He was basically playing a race driver in the movie and thought, man, this is a good time. Yeah, and and he just he just fell in love with it. He um, he was still an active racer at the age of. 79 and 80 he raced he raced a couple of times when he was 80 he was the owner of the Newman Haas race team he had uh, Mario Andretti and Michael Andretti and uh, Nigel Mansell uh, and uh, uh, Christ, uh, Cristiano D'Amata as drivers I mean just a huge huge uh, uh, person in the sport and uh, a stall uh, stalwart uh, supporter of champ car mm-hmm. and uh, kart racing and uh, just just a phenomenal person overall, and the, the racing world will definitely dearly miss him. Absolutely. So on that, I'm Robin Warner, and I'm Jim Lau, and we'll see you in two weeks.